let's face it, most of us have traveled a very different path to get to where we are today professionally. Talk West is a podcast hosted by me, Derek Ross, and Michael Manganello, also known as Mango, that delivers real conversations with people who just so happen to be business professionals as they share their journey and how it shaped their career path. These conversations are designed to connect us and provide valuable insights and knowledge on how we can continue to grow personally and professionally in our lives and careers. A business professional is part of who we are, but it's not all of who we are. And those are the stories we'll be sharing and the conversations we'll be delivering on the Talk West podcast. So join us as we go beyond the LinkedIn profile and get to know our guests a little bit better. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're excited about our conversation today. Not only are we in downtown Durham, but we're also with one of our clients. Yeah. And like, how amazing is that, right? For the first time in person. For the first time in person, (laughs) right? We've been running campaigns together since last summer. Yeah, yeah. From Zoom to in person, right? So it's awesome. So Talk West, if you haven't listened to Talk West before, you know, we're having real conversations with uh, people who happen to be professionals, but their stories and their journeys, those are the things that connect us, um, that gives us insight to our career path and also who we are as individuals. And so uh, we're excited to have a conversation with uh, Kara Russo, who is the chief marketing officer at Discover Derm. Hey, Kara. Nailed it. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, we're um, not seeing the best weather in Durham, but hey, at least it's not freezing. That part. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's, right it's, it's like, you know, people say, you know, with Durham or even in North Carolina in general, like you, your forecast could look like all four seasons mm-hmm. plus a season in one week. I think we're about to enter the pollening. I saw that go through a lot recently. So that season's going to hit as soon. As long as we're past fake spring. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, and I saw an article about, you know, usually I don't look forward to the silkworms, right? That, that come from the trees and like they're in your yeah. hair. But then I saw an article, uh, I think uh, one of our, our, our colleagues put it in our Slack channel about like, the spiders oh, yeah. that like the size of a child's hand that's going to drop from the sky in spring. And I'm like, you know what? I'll be back in the house. <laughs> if that happens, I will be in the house. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. So, so Kara, tell us a little bit about yourself. For those who don't know you or are getting to see you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. I'm one of the few folks around here who's from around here. Oh. Um, born in what used to be Durham Regional, and I will forever call it that. Grew up outside of Durham on the Haw River. Uh, went to UNC, did my MBA there as well. Every single job I've ever held, I was thinking about this on the drive in today. Every single job I've ever held is somewhere in Durham County. So I've, I've only made income <laughs> from the places that really make Durham awesome. So I've worked at the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. I've worked at the Research Triangle Park and I've worked at Duke University all before coming to dis- discover Durham about five years ago. Wow. Durham through and through. I have a tough question for you. That's that's kind of on topic of what we're going through. Let me guess, tomorrow. basketball? Yes. <laughs> so you represent Discover Durham, that there's a school associated with Durham mm-hmm. that a lot, of, not a lot of people want to talk about. However, you went to UNC. Mm-hmm. All the viewers want to know and listeners where your line stands. So this was a tough question to answer when I was the social media manager at Duke University, okay. working at Cameron Live, live tweeting, live gramming, live snapping. Having to say that, you know, the Blue Devils are the best pants in the world. <laughs> the Cameron Crazies are, you know, rocking. There was one time, I, and anyone who's done social media knows all about this, where you toggle between your personal and professional accounts. Mm-hmm. There was one time I posted on Kara's personal account, Cameron Crazies, best in the world. 
and my network blew up. So I, <laughs> I am personally a heel through and through. Professionally, I cheer for Duke and Central all day long. Mm -hmm. I have to give you a fist bump. <laughs> Tar Heels all day. Fellow alum. So yes. I, I'm happy. Awesome. Well, I always like to take it back because um, I think a lot of times, you know, our traits and the things we're interested in when we're younger mm -hmm. uh, typically follow us into adulthood and, and even, you know, uh, part of the decisions that we decide to make. And so, young Kara, how was she? I was homeschooled. And hey. if you've ever known an extrovert who's homeschooled, they mm -hmm. do everything they can mm -hmm. to get out of the house and be active. So I was a competitive gymnast. Oh, cool. I rode horses. We had three growing up at our house. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was the equestrian that showed up. <laughs> I was mucking stalls every day. Uh -huh. Really into Odyssey of the Mind, which is like mm. a problem-solving, creative kind of program. I was always on the car team because there were no other girls. And it was all of the cute boys that wanted to make the cars. <laughs> and again, I was homeschooled. So the pool was Anything pretty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would say in terms of traits, total perfectionist. And I've lost that along the way a long time ago. Awesome. Awesome. I, I like that because, you know... You mentioned the the creativity. Do any of those traits show up now, even like across your professional career? Like, if you, do you see some of those traits as a kid, like getting out there, saying yes, volunteering, being a part of a lot of different elements? That's a good question. I would say that probably what I carry the most are the traits that I learned and developed as a competitive gymnast. You know, I, growing up, I was in the gym 40 hours a week. And then that actually translated into my first job where I started coaching gymnastics at 12. My, my coach was like, well, you're homeschooled, so could you come in early and help me with the babies mm -hmm. and do birthday parties? And so I, I would say that the things that I learned as part of you know, being a gymnast is the individual competition, but also the team competition, because it's one of those interesting sports where you do both. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something I've carried into my adulthood is wanting to personally be successful and hold myself accountable, but always remembering there's a team around me and yeah. the importance of motivating that team together. I'm interested in how was that transition of being an extrovert, being homeschooled to going to college and being out there with tons of people in a different environment? Were you excited? Was it a little nerve wracking at first? I actually, I went to high school for one year. So okay. I did my senior year of high school. And if y'all have ever seen Mean Girls where Lindsay Lohan is like <laughs> uh -huh. eating lunch in the bathroom because yeah. she's scared of all the Mean Girls yeah. in the cafeteria, that was totally me, totally overwhelmed. <laughs> But by the time I got to school at UNC, I think I was had gotten my feet under me and was just really stoked about all of the energy and excitement yeah. that you get on a you know, college campus like that. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Northwood. Northwood. Okay. I went to Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I went to Georgia. So Northwood's in Pittsburgh, which is okay. just growing exponentially. But gotcha. I did gymnastics in Durham County okay. off of Guest Road. So I really spent most of my time here, actually. Okay. You know what? It's so funny because I was I wanted to go to Carolina undergrad, mm -hmm. but I did early admissions and I got waitlisted. And so I ended up going to UNC Charlotte because I wanted to run track. And so when you were talking about gymnastics, both being an individual and a team sport, I could definitely relate to that because track and field very, very much the same Absolutely. individual and a team. And so I find myself having those same traits that I've learned as a you know student athlete um, and then as an individual, knowing that, you know, I have to focus on my race and the things I need to do, but I also need to be supportive and have a team around me. So those are definitely great traits. How did you get into marketing? I didn't know it was happening. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I went to college thinking I was going to be a psychiatrist. Yeah, I was a psychology 
I was too. First, oh, first, first year. And then I ran into the signs. They expect you to take like <laughs> that part. can and dissect things. And I was like, hell to the no. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is not the right path. But I, I did pick up some things in psychology that I think we all use in our <laughs> for both personal and professional lives. Mm-hmm. I then changed majors to be an economics major. After I, t- I took Tershi, I'm not sure if he was still around, mm, an okay. economics professor mm-hmm. at UNC. He's just like notorious for being the toughest ever. And when I got an A in that class, I was like, well, I'm good at it. So I might as well if if I'm switching my majors. So I went into economic development, which is how I discovered marketing. And the thing is that economic development and business development and sales, it's really marketing. It's understanding your audience. It's figuring out your channels. What is the message? When to hit them? Where to reach them? And so I fell in love with economic development first and then realized that the undertone of all of that and the cohesive threads were marketing. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. What about you? How did I get into marketing? Yeah. Um, as a kid, I was always, I always loved television and I always loved commercials. It was one of these things, commercials came on back in the day, you weren't able to skip them, so you had to watch them. And I always found them fascinating. And I was like, who made that commercial? How did they make that commercial? And then I went to a small school, Loyola in, in, in Baltimore, and I took marketing classes. And it's interesting where you could have became marketing through communications or marketing through business. Right. And I went the business in which, unfortunately, I uh, had to take accounting, which was to the day the one of the worst things I ever did in my whole entire life. Uh, and still wake up and sweat every other day thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> do I do accounting? Um, but when I graduated, I had a lot of internships. I mm-hmm. interned at uh, Mercury Records back in the day, which when they used to oh, have like, record companies, it was like, mm-hmm. Hanson, shout out to Umbop. You guys remember that one? Hanson. They were big back then, 311. And uh, then I actually took an internship at a finance co- company. So I think it was like Merrill Lynch or something like that. And I remember my senior year, I was like, well, actually, when I graduated, I was like, I could go to finance or I could kind of go into that marketing, cool, like just mm-hmm. like creative world. And I really struggled. You know, I was like, I could make money or I could kind of hopefully enjoy what I'm doing. And I decided to choose kind of something that I thought I was going to enjoy doing. And I remember I went to go see when they used to have like real recruiters. They yeah. would go in an office. They would talk to you about what do you like? What do you want to do? And I never took, there was no advertising classes. It was like, it was marketing one-on-one, international marketing, sales classes, really just understanding the basics, the four Ps, right? And I remember them asking me, do you like math? Are you like, you know, dealing with people and clients? So I was like, I actually really like math. Like I was a math nerd. And they put me in basically the media department of mm. a huge, you know, advertising agency at the desk. Because it's time. a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah, it was a lot that. of spreadsheets. Yep. But then, you know, my career went developed for um, still questioning, you know, at the time it was like, you know, here's $2 million, here's your audience, go do something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but wait, what's the creatives? Like, how do we do that? How do you get to the audience? So that led me down this path of being a part of kind of full service creative agencies and being a part of the whole process versus like, here's your dollars and here's your target. So it's always just kind of thinking creatively about, you know, what you do. Yeah. It's fascinating to hear people's stories of, you know, how they either fell in or fell into love with marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. My, I was, like I said, I started off as a psychology major and then I changed it to communications and then I ran into comps theory. Mm-hmm. Did not like comps theory. So I dropped comps theory, international business. And then came the, the question about statistics. And so there's two different statistics back in the day, either it was like one science-based and one for like business and the business one was a little bit easier or better. So I ended up shifting from international business to marketing. 
And because I wanted to be in PR, like I, I, back in my head, I was like, oh, I just, I like people. I want to be in marketing. And so ended up going into marketing, did an internship. And um, right out of college, I was lucky enough to, and it's funny, when I came out of college, I said I was an entrepreneur right out of college because my first job was actually as, as a consultant running a mobile marketing grassroots tour for a basketball tournament in Charlotte. And so they were like, hey, here's the truck, find the groups, the audiences, and, you know, pretty much create this tour. And I'm like, uh, what do I do? And so luckily, you know, and ended up at a full service creative agency as well and just love the dynamics and just having something new every day where you can yeah. learn. Mm -hmm. really from. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. Marketing is, is a great field to be in. So how's it feel about being like at Discover Durham? You know, like you're saying your whole, you've always lived here and now you get to promote it. Yeah. Is it's it amazing? A, for, for me, it's a dream job. The idea that I get to go to work or sit in my office at home on Zoom every day. And the thing that I'm promoting is the place that I love is the coolest thing ever. I have always felt strongly about my own personal career in marketing that I never want to just be selling toilet paper or Coca-Cola. I, I, you know, the product stuff just really doesn't interest me. Economic development, higher education, destinations. That's for me, something that I can really rally and get my head around and feel proud of about doing the marketing. And, you know, when we do all of these really sneaky, creepy tactics of putting cookies and things on people's mobile devices, at least it feels altruistic when it's a destination, yeah. right? Rather yeah. than having them do something that might be bad for them. Yeah. I think that Durham is a very good thing for us to be marketing and promoting. And, and that's the coolest feeling to, to really know in my heart that this is where I should be and that it's for the better. And it's not just, you know, kind of a selling out type of situation. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a powerful position to be in when you, you have access to tools and resources to really influence and impact people on kind of what to, not necessarily what to do, but influence their decisions and what they decide mm -hmm. to do, whether it's products or, you know, services and things of that nature. And so I think, you know, having that uh, intention mm -hmm. of really wanting to see impact and really wanting the betterment of, you know, not only Durham, but then people who come and have those experiences, um, I think is, is really important for anybody who's listening that wants to be in a career and you are in a leadership position. It's important to, to have those, those intentions connected to the work that you do, because it's great mm -hmm. to see your impact. And it's, it's really fulfilling to look around. And I mean, Durham has a lot to sell. You know, there is a lot for us to be marketing. There was a recent statistic that I heard downtown Durham Inc. say at the Chamber's recent event that 90% of the businesses downtown were started in North Carolina. So these are homegrown, yeah. local, independent, and a huge amount of them are minority and women owned. And that's something that you can, you can be really excited about promoting. Yeah. Back in the summer of 2020, we started a crowdsourced listing of mm -hmm. all of the black owned businesses in Durham. And it just kept getting fed with hundreds of people emailing us and tagging us on social media and sending us DMs and saying, oh, you, you don't have this group listed. You don't have this group listed. It is the most viewed web page on our site of all time. And I think that that speaks one to the character of our community, that they have that interest, but also to the people who come and visit here and their huge appetite for experiencing Durham's diversity and the unique flavor that we have. And it's not just, you know, we're not, we like to say we're not the beaches, we're not the mountains, but we make waves. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. Well, it's interesting. Well, I'm going to steal your line, bringing it back mm -hmm. to Durham. Yeah. So I've been down here 13 years and my first job down here was McKinney. 
right down the road, right? And they were the first tenant they were over the there in American Tobacco, which yep. really revitalized downtown. Back yeah. Then. And when mm -hmm. I came down here from New York, you know, New York's a bubble, you know, I thought, Ryan, uh, was it RDU Airport? So it's like, that's one place. Like There was no differentiation of the triangle when I came down here 13 years ago. And I remember coming to Durham and I lived at Raleigh at the time and half the stuff wasn't here, right? It was, and but there was a promise of, at that time it was like, we're going to become the next Austin and we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to build this and we're going to do it. And you can gradually see over the years, and I was there for about five or six years, how much expanded, how much opened the restaurant scene. I mean, there wasn't a huge restaurant scene 13 years ago. It's now having, you know, award-winning chefs everywhere. Speaking um, of, we have two finalists in the James Beard Award that we're in. I think one was today. on a podcast Ricky Moore this, this morning. Was, the Saltbox was on earlier and then Alley 26 from Outstanding Bar. So fingers crossed for yeah. some good news in June. So going back, I guess, to economic development, I'd be interested to hear, like, what was that plan? What was that like? It must have been, like, kind of daunting to kind of build to what it is now and there's a future. I was talking to American Underground about all these high rises and hotels going up. It's It's incredible. It's it's been a really cool and humbling thing to have a very small part of. Um, it was baby Kara at 21 <laughs> who worked in the Office of Economic and Workforce Development and giving away my age. That was 2004 when American Tobacco, I did a hard hat tour and they still they weren't even open. Yeah. There was one place besides McDonald's that I could walk to get a sandwich for lunch downtown from City Hall and the DPAC. I was part of the interviews for the uh, group that now operates the DPAC and brings the Broadway shows in. And so like for baby care, that was a really cool exposure to what the future of Durham is going to be. And I remember sitting down and seeing the master plan that the city and the county had, had ginned up and being like, that's hell no, that's, you know, <laughs> like that, that's not going to happen here. And it did. And it did because the community invested and they rallied behind the importance of the character of Durham coming back into the downtown. And we also need to remind ourselves that Durham is not just downtown. Yep. There's so, so many parts of our county. I live up in North Durham right now but by the Eno, and it has been such a pleasure during COVID to be able to just pop over to West Point. I call it Little Mexico because there's so many good Hispanic eateries and bakeries up in that area. And then you've got East Durham and the Haytai Corridor, which are really picking mm -hmm. up. So we've seen this influx into downtown, yeah. but it's continuing the ripple effect all over Durham. And so that brings me really into the conversation around, like, for people who may have heard of Discover Durham, but don't really know what Discover Durham is and what you do. Can you tell us a little bit more about Discover Durham? Because you're talking about all the amazing things that is to discover in Durham. Mm -hmm. So um, just a little bit about that. Appreciate that. So we are what you would call a convention and visitors bureau mm -hmm. or a destination marketing organization. What we do is the tax dollars that someone pays when they stay in a hotel room. Mm -hmm are what actually funds our budget. So there is a small percentage when anyone stays in a hotel room that is reinvested for the marketing and sales to bring more visitors to Durham. And so that's what Discover Durham's benefits are in, in terms of what we add to the community. There are thousands and thousands of jobs in hospitality that are supported by visitors. A huge amount of money in the tax base that offset the taxes that our residents so these are these are benefits that visitors bring to us that we, we don't always see when yeah. we see someone, you know, passing by us, uh, staying in a hotel. And what Discover Durham does is we try to tap into what makes Durham so appealing to those visitors. And there are all kinds of visitors. We have mm -hmm. leisure visitors. We have uh, visitors who travel for conferences and meetings. 
And then you've got sports tourism, which is huge in terms of both youth and you know, pickleball is a thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, I, yep. know, I know my mom and stepmom have been talking about it. Oh, no, it's getting younger. <laughs> uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then, and then festivals and just, you know, and there's so many things to do. And I think, like you said, with so many different types of visitors, right? There is something for everyone. Like when you really think about it, just being able to either park your car and walk around, take an Uber, so many restaurants and opportunities. And so I think um, I, that's what I love about Durham. And I, I'm, and I, I'm a resident here. I live here. And there's still so many things that I have yet to discover that I, I look forward to, to doing every day, especially a lot of the businesses, like you said, that have come to town and uh, a lot of the uh, minority businesses. I think Donald Thompson, uh, the Donald Thompson podcast, and he was on with um, MNF earlier today, and they were talking about uh, the wealth gap. And 10 to 1, when you look at, you know, African-Americans compared to um, Caucasians, 10 to 1. But then if you're a business owner, that drops 3 to 1. Mm-hmm. And so it's like just that network of being a business owner and then how your network increases and expands from that perspective. And so the work that you all do, the list that you were talking about of yeah. all the different businesses where people can be patrons to and what visitors um, are able to do when they come into town to visit and try out these uh, locations is, 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 is phenomenal. Can you talk about how how you guys survived or strategies you had in place during COVID and have you been seeing a lot of visitation go up and conferences being booked and hopefully a bright future? Absolutely. Things were pretty dark for a while, you know, travel and tourism paused and Durham has been so careful and, you know, I I attribute it to, we are the city of medicine and we have some of the smartest people, one of the strongest populations of smart people in the country. And those smart people have been masked up. They've been staying home. They've been staying safe. And we're now just starting to reemerge. The mask mandate was lifted last week here in Durham. And I totally support whatever any individual chooses in terms of that. I'm bringing up the mask mandate because it is allowing our restaurants to be more open with how they do dining and our bars. So thinking about how it affects the hospitality industry. I'm not getting into the whole any mass, no mass. No, but no, 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 no. Yeah. So, you know, we're about to step into spring. So what are you most excited about for the spring here in Durham and what Discover Durham has has going on? So personally, yeah. um, I just went to my first Deepak show since COVID. Awesome. Last weekend, I saw Eliza, um, comedian, hilarious. And it was just so cool to be back with my $20 drink and (laughs) (laughs) to eat out before the show and do that like rush to eat. Um, Places were packed and to be at a live performance. I also have my Sylvan Esso tickets. Um, They're doing three nights in Mm -hmm. a row in May at the old historic uh, park that the Bulls used to play at. Old Durham was filmed there. So those are two things for the spring I personally am Mm -hmm. just really stoked about. We also have something called the Durham Convention and Arts Complex that's going live later this spring. There's a public art installation that's going to be happening in the Plaza Buyer Convention Center. And we'll be able to use the Convention Center, the Arts Council, the Carolina Theater, and the Armory spaces all together to host larger meetings, but also to be really artistic and creative and fun. Nice. Um, so those are, those are a couple of things that, that we're looking forward to for the spring. And obviously our spring campaign with yeah. Yeah. where we will be talking about all these all things these and more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I'm excited. I think I'm I'm more excited this spring. And I guess because the past couple of springs we've have been in the house or there's been limitations. So I'm I'm really excited to spring into action. You know, that's a little much. I just throw that in there, but <laughs> to spring into action and get out a little bit. In the yeah, I know one of our campaign taglines has been, you know, it's been on pause, press mm-hmm. play. Press yeah. play. So let's, yeah. let's press play hard this time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for our visitors, before we go, like, 
from a visitor's perspective, what are some unique things about Durham? I know we talked about we're not the beaches or the mountains. Mm -hmm. We have the big city amenities and things of that nature. But what are some other things that, um, from a visitor's perspective, is unique about Durham that you would like to share? I think you just started to answer it. You know, (laughs) you know well. We have those big city amenities Uh through the DPAC, our university, Central and and Duke, are wonderful, beautiful places. And we have things like baseball, the bulls Mm -hmm. and fireworks are coming back. You know, opening days in early April. So we have all of these really big city things that you can enjoy, but with space and openness and outdoors and a lot of public safety that's been put into play. So we have the combination of the amenities and the safety factor that everyone's looking for. Right now. Awesome. Awesome. I, mean, I want to know great. one hidden gem, Paris secret. Let's do on the personal, not professional level, place to be somewhere to go see mm. you mentioned you mentioned one near you know river i never heard about but okay okay I, my mind went right to restaurants okay i, well, I like to do restaurants to eat and i we went right to restaurants and bars i love the walking taco at accordion club if you haven't never hit it up it. you should okay you know what a walking taco is they open the fritos and you cheese yeah, and the chili yeah. and yeah amazing and just like pair it with a pbr go sit on their back oh porch. Courting, i think the courting club that place is great yeah yeah and play some pool and yep. pac-man um yep. while you're there yeah i always say that's my corner like i i think mm-hmm. i told you this when, when we first started working together i was like even when people come into town any age kids no kids dogs but that full steam pit motorco all of that mm-hmm. is there you could spend a day just kind of hanging out and then you can't get that anywhere else can't get that anywhere else. I love it. Okay. I'm trying to get our agency to move to Durham for the people watching. Just I wouldn't. I wouldn't object. I'm right down the street, so I wouldn't. Object. <laughs> That's how much we love it. And I've been coming here like once a week on American Underground, which is uh-huh. thanks for hosting us. Um, but hopefully in the next year, we'll see. Awesome. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yes, toes too. Well, Kara, thank you so much. And I can't think of a better way to finally connect in person than. On a podcast, right? Outside of Zoom. Absolutely. And uh, really able to have these kind of conversations. So thank you again for just your time and all the work that you do and um, the passion behind that as well. And I think, um, you know, people will be able to see that, you know, when they come to Durham and experience the city and everything that has to offer within it and outside. So It's been cool hanging out with you. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Talk West podcast. If you like this show, show us some love by pressing the subscribe and follow button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. And if you really like it, how about giving us a rating and review and sharing with your friends as well? Also, if your company is looking for marketing and branding help, Mango, myself, and the rest of the WalkWest team want to hear from you. Visit walkwest.com or send us an email to hello at walkwest.com and we'll set up a time to discuss how we can help. That's all for today. For Mike Manganello, I'm Derek Ross. And we'll see you next time on the Talk West podcast.